irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You can support Sapphire Planet by visiting the online store at sapphireplanet.com. Welcome. Your journey is just beginning. You are now entering the Sapphire Planet. The Sapphire Planet. The New Horizons is an interplanetary space probe that was launched as part of NASA's New Frontiers program. Built by the Johns Hopkins University Applied Physics Laboratory and the Southwest Research Institute, the spacecraft was launched to study Pluto, its moons, and the Kuiper Belt, performing flybys of the Pluto system and one or more Kuiper Belt objects. Some of the instrumentation on board include the Long Range Reconnaissance Imager, or LORI. It is a focal length imager designed for high resolution and responsivity at visible wavelength. The instrument is equipped with a high resolution monochromatic CCD imager with an 8.2 inch aperture giving a resolution of 5 Eurorads, or about 1 arc second. The CCD is chilled far below freezing by a passive radiator on the anti-solar face of the spacecraft. This temperature differential requires insulation and isolation from the rest of the structure. Mirrors and metering structure are made of silicon carbide, to boost stiffness, reduce weight, and prevent warping at low temperatures. The optical element sits in composite light shield and mounted with titanium and fiberglass for thermal isolation. Overall mass is approximately 9 kilograms or 19 pounds with the optical tube assembly weighing about 5.6 kilograms or 12 pounds 
for one of the largest silicon carbide telescopes flown at the time, which now, incidentally, has been surpassed by Herschel. Another instrument is the Solar Wind at Pluto, or SWAP. It is a toroidal electrostatic analyzer and retarding potential analyzer that makes up one of the two instruments comprising New Horizons plasma and high-energy particle spectrometer suite, the other being Pepsi. SWAP measures particles of up to 6.5 kilovolts because of the tenacious solar wind at Pluto's distance, the instrument is designed with the largest aperture of any such instrument ever flown. Next is the Pluto Energetic Particle Spectrometer Science Investigation, or PEPSI. It is the time of flight ion and electron sensor that makes up one of the two instruments comprising New Horizons plasma and high-energy particle spectrometer suite, the other being SWAP. Unlike SWAP, which measures particles of up to 6.5 kilovolts, Pepsi goes up to 1 megavolt. The next instrument is ALICE. ALICE is an ultraviolet imaging spectrometer that is one of two photographic instruments comprising New Horizons Pluto Exploration Remote Sensing Investigation, the other being RALPH. It resolves 1,024 wavelength bands in the far and the extreme ultraviolet from 50 to 100 nanometers over 32 view fields Its goal is to determine the atmospheric composition of Pluto. The ALICE instrument is derived from another ALICE aboard the ESA's Rosetta spacecraft. The RALPH telescope is a 6-centimeter or 2.4-inch in aperture, is one of two photographic instruments that make up New Horizons' Pluto Exploration Remote Sensing Investigation with the other being the ALICE instrument. Ralph has two separate channels, a visible light CCD imager, the MVIC multi-spectral visible imaging camera, with broadband and color channels, and a near-infrared imaging spectrometer, the linear Edelon imaging spectral array otherwise known as LISA. LISA is derived from a similar instrument on the EO-1 mission. Ralph was named after Alice's husband on the Honeymooners and was designed after Alice. The Student Dust Counter, or SDC, built by the students at the University of Colorado Boulder, will operate continuously to make dust measurements. It consists of a detector panel of about 460 millimeters times 300 millimeters, which is approximately 18 inches by 12 inches, 
mounted on the anti-solar face of the spacecraft, which is known as the ram direction, and an electronics box within the spacecraft. The detector contains 14 polyvinylidene difluoride panels, 12 science and 2 reference, which generate voltage when impacted. Effectively collecting an area of 1.3 square feet, no dust counter has operated past the orbit of Uranus. Models of dust in the outer solar system, especially the Kuiper belt, are speculative. The VBSDC is always turned on, measuring the masses of the interplanetary and interstellar dust particles in the range of nano and picograms as they collide with the PVDF panels mounted on the New Horizons spacecraft. The measured data is expected to greatly contribute to the understanding of the dust spectra of the solar system. The dust spectra can then be compared with those from observations of other stars, giving new clues as to where Earth-like planets can be found in the universe. The dust counter is named for the first person who suggested the name Pluto at age of 11. The radio science experiment, or REX, will use an ultra-stable crystal oscillator, essentially a calibrated crystal in a miniature oven, and some additional electronics to conduct radio science investigations using the communication channels. These are small enough to fit on a single card because there are two redundant communication subsystems there are two identical Rex circuit boards. On September 24, 2005, the spacecraft arrived at the Kennedy Space Center on board a C-17 Globemaster III for launch preparations. This was the beginning of the journey to Pluto. The launch of the New Horizons was originally scheduled for January 11th, 2006, but was initially delayed until January 17th, 2006, to allow for borescope inspection of the Atlas V's kerosene tank. Further delays related to low cloud ceiling conditions downrange and high winds and technical difficulties unrelated to the rocket itself, prevented launch for a further two days. Although there were backup launch opportunities in February 2006 and February 2007, only the first 23 days of 2006 window permitted the Jupiter flyby. That's a lot of pressure. Any launch outside that period would have forced the spacecraft to fly a slower trajectory directly to Pluto, delaying the encounter by two to four years.
The probe finally lifted off from Pad 41 at Cape Canaveral Air Force Station, Florida, directly south of the Space Shuttle Launch Complex 39, at 1400 EST on January 19, 2006. The Centaur second stage reignited a half hour later at 1430 Eastern Standard Time, also known as 1930 UTC, followed by the ATK Star 48B third stage, successfully sending the probe on a solar escape trajectory. New Horizons took only nine hours to reach the moon's orbit, passing lunar orbit before midnight Eastern Standard Time that day. That is amazing when you think about it because the Apollo astronauts took three days to get to the moon. The probe was launched by a Martin Lockheed Martin Atlas V V551 rocket with the third stage added to increase the heliocentric or escape speed. This was the first launch of the Atlas V-551 configuration, which uses five solid rocket boosters and the first Atlas V with a third stage. Previous flights had used zero, two, or three solid boosters, but never five. The vehicle AV-010 weighed 570,000 kilograms or 1.3 million pounds at liftoff and had earlier been slightly damaged when Hurricane Wilma swept across Florida on October 24, 2005. One of the solid rocket boosters was hit by a door. The booster was replaced with an identical unit rather than inspecting and requalifying the original. The New Horizons spacecraft is often given the title of fastest spacecraft ever launched and left Earth faster than any other spacecraft to date. It is also the first spacecraft launched directly into a solar escape trajectory which requires an approximate speed of 16.5 kilometers per second or 59,000 kilometers per hour or 37,000 miles per hour plus aerodynamic and gravity losses all to be provided by the launcher but is not the fastest spacecraft to leave the solar system. This record is held by Voyager 1, currently traveling at 17.145 kilometers per second, or 61,720 kilometers per hour, or 38,350 miles per hour, relative to the sun. Voyager 1 attained greater hyperbolic excess velocity from Jupiter and Saturn gravitational slingshots than New Horizons did, 
Other spacecraft, such as the Helios probes, can also be measured as the fastest object because of their orbital speed relative to the Sun at perihelion. Because they remain in solar orbit, their specific orbital energy relative to the Sun is lower than New Horizons and other artificial objects escaping the solar system. The star 48b third stage is also a hyperbolic solar system escape trajectory and reached Jupiter before the New Horizons spacecraft. Because it is not in controlled flight, it did not receive the correct gravity assist and will only pass within 200 million kilometers or 120 million miles of Pluto. The Centaur stage did not achieve solar escape velocity and in its heliocentric orbit. The launch was dedicated to the memory of launch conductor Daniel Sarakon, who was described by the space program officials as one of the most influential people in the history of space travel. So that's really amazing. The third stage that fired for a few minutes and then stopped reached Jupiter before the spacecraft did. That's amazing. Interstellar solar system, the trajectory corrections. On January 28th and 30th in 2006, mission controllers guided the probe through its first trajectory correction maneuver, TCM, which was divided into two parts, TCM 1A and TCM 1B. The total velocity change of these two corrections was about 18 meters per second, or 65 kilometers per hour, or 40 miles per hour. TCM-1 was accurate enough to permit the cancellation of TCM-2, the second of the three original scheduled corrections. On March 9, 2006, Controllers performed TCM-3, the last of the three scheduled course corrections. The engines burned for, for 76 seconds, adjusting the spacecraft's velocity by about 1.16 meters per second, or 4.2 kilometers per hour, or 2.6 meters, or excuse me, 2.6 miles per hour. Further trajectory maneuvers were not needed until September 25, 2007, which incidentally was seven months after the Jupiter flyby. When the engines were fired for 15 minutes and 37 seconds, changing the spacecraft's velocity by 2.37 meters per second, or 8.5 kilometers per hour, or 5.3 miles per hour, followed by another TCM almost three years later on June 30th, 2010, that lasted for 35.6 seconds when New Horizons had already reached the halfway point 
on its trip to Pluto. During the week of February 20, 2006, controllers conducted initial in-flight tests of a three onboard science instruments. The ALICE ultraviolet imaging spectrometer, the Pepsi plasma sensor, and the LORI long-range visible spectrum camera. No scientific measurements or images were taken, but instrument electronics, and in the case of ALICE, some electromechanical systems were shown to be functioning correctly. On April 7, 2006, the spacecraft passed the orbit of Mars, moving at roughly 21 kilometers per second, or 76,000 kilometers per hour, or 47,000 miles per hour away from the sun, at a solar distance of 243 million kilometers. Because of the need to conserve fuel for possible encounters with Kuiper Belt objects subsequent to the Pluto flyby, intentional encounters with objects in the asteroid belt were not planned. After launch, the New Horizons team scanned the spacecraft's trajectory to determine if any asteroids would, by chance, be close enough for observation. In May 2006, it was discovered that New Horizons spacecraft would pass close to the tiny asteroid 132-524 APL on June 13, 2006. Closest approach occurred at 405 UTC at a distance of 101,867 kilometers or 63,297 miles. The asteroid was imaged by Ralph. The use of LORI was not possible because of the proximity to the sun, which gave the team a chance to test Ralph's capabilities and make observations of the asteroid's composition, as well as light and phase curves. The asteroid was estimated to be 2.5 kilometers, or 1.6 miles in diameter. The spacecraft successfully tracked the asteroid over June 10th through 12th, the year 2006. This allowed the mission team to test the spacecraft's ability to track rapidly moving objects. Images were obtained through the Ralph telescope. Now we get to the first Pluto sightings. The first images of Pluto from New Horizons were acquired September 21 through 24, 2006, during a test of the LORI. They were released on November 28, 2006. The images taken from a distance of approximately 4.2 trillion kilometers or 2.6 times 10 to the 9th miles, or 28 astronomical units. 
confirmed that the spacecraft's ability to track distant targets, critical for maneuvering towards Pluto and other Kuiper Belt objects. The Jupiter encounter, the New Horizons spacecraft used LORI to take its first photographs of Jupiter on September 4, 2006, from a distance of 300 million kilometers, or 180 million miles. More detailed exploration of the system began in January 2007, with the infrared image of the moon Callisto, as well as several black-and-white images of Jupiter itself. New Horizons received a gravity assist from Jupiter, with its closest approach at 543.40 UTC on February 28, 2007, when it was 2.3 million kilometers, or 1.4 million miles from Jupiter. The flyby increased New Horizons' speed by 4 kilometers per second, or 14,000 kilometers per hour, or 9,000 miles per hour, accelerating to the probe to a velocity of 23 kilometers per second, or 83,000 kilometers per hour, or 51,000 miles per hour relative to the sun and shortening its voyage to Pluto by three years. Amazing. The flyby was the center of a four-month intensive observation campaign lasting from January to June. Being an ever-changing scientific target, Jupiter had been observed intermittently since the end of Galileo mission in September 2003. Knowledge about Jupiter benefited from the fact that New Horizons instruments were built using the latest technology, especially in the area of cameras, representing a significant improvement over Galileo's camera, which were modified versions of the Voyager cameras, which in turn were modified Mariner cameras. The Jupiter encounter also served as a shakedown and dress rehearsal for the Pluto encounter. Because Jupiter is much closer to Earth than Pluto, the communication link can transmit multiple loadings of the memory buffer. Thus, the mission actually returned more data from the Jovian system than it is expected to transmit from Pluto. One of the main goals during the Jupiter encounter was observing its atmospheric condition and analyzing the structure and composition of its clouds. Heat-induced lightning strikes in the polar regions and waves that indicate violent storm activity were observed and measured. The little red spot, spanning up to 70% of Earth's diameter, was imaged from up close for the first time. Recording from different angles and illumination conditions, New Horizon took detailed images of Jupiter's faint ring system, discovering debris left over from recent collisions with the rings or from other unexplained phenomena. The research for undiscovered moons within the rings showed no result. Traveling through Jupiter's magnetosphere, 
New Horizons collected valuable particle readings. The bubbles of plasma that are thought to be formed from material ejected by the moon Io were noticed in the magneto tail. Very interesting. The four largest Jovian moons were in poor positions for observation. The necessary path of these gravity assist maneuvers meant that the New Horizon spacecraft passed millions of kilometers from any of the Galilean moons. Still, in its instruments were intended for small dim targets, so they were scientifically useful on large distant moons. Emphasis was put on Jupiter's innermost Galilean moon, Io, whose active volcanoes shoot out tons of material into Jupiter's magnetosphere and further. Out of the 11 observed eruptions, three were seen for the first time. That of Vashtar reached an altitude of up to 330 kilometers. The event gave scientists an unprecedented look into the structure and motion of the rising plume and its subsequent fall back to the surface. Infrared signatures of a further 36 volcanoes were noticed. Callisto's surface was analyzed with LISA, revealing how lightning and viewing conditions affected infrared spectrum readings of its surface water ice. Minor moons, such as Almathea, had their orbit solution refined. The camera determined their positions, acting as a reverse optical navigation. After passing Jupiter, New Horizons spent most of its journey towards Pluto in hibernation mode. Redundant components, as well as guidance and control systems, were shut down to extend their life cycle, decreasing operational costs and free the deep space network for other missions. During hibernation mode, the onboard computer monitored the probe systems and transmitted a signal back to Earth, a green code if everything was functioning as expected, or a red code if mission control's assistance was needed. The probe was activated for about two months a year so that the instruments could be calibrated and the system checked. The first hibernation mode cycle started on June 28, 2007. The second cycle began December 16, 2008. The third cycle on August 27, 2009. And the fourth cycle on August 29, 2014, after a 10-week test. New Horizons crossed the orbit of Saturn on June 8, 2008, and Uranus on March 18, 2011. After astronomers announced the discovery of two new moons in the Pluto system, Kerberos and Styx, mission planners started contemplating the possibility of the probe running into unseen 
debris and dust left over from earlier collisions with the moons. A study based on 18 months of computer simulations, Earth-based telescope observations, and occultations of the Pluto system revealed that the possibility of catastrophic collision with the debris or dust was less than 0.3% on the probe's scheduled course. If the hazard increased, New Horizons could have used one of two possible contingency plans. The so-called Shabbats, or safe haven by other trajectories, the probe could have continued on its present trajectory with the antenna facing the incoming particles, so as the more vital systems would be protected. Or it could have positioned the antenna to make a course correction that would take it just 3,000 kilometers from the surface of Paluto, where it was expected that the atmospheric drag would clean the surrounding space of possible debris. While in hibernation mode in July 2012, New Horizons started gathering scientific data with SWAP, Pepsi, and SDC. Although it was originally planned to activate just SDC, other instruments were powered on the initiative of principal investigators who decided they could use the opportunity to collect valuable heliospheric data. Before activating the other two instruments, ground tests were conducted to make sure that the expanded data gathering in this phase of the mission would not limit available energy, memory, and fuel in the future, and that all systems are functioning during the flyby. The first set of data was transmitted in January 2013 during a three-week activation from hibernation. A new command and data handling software was also uploaded to address the problem of computer resets. Another possible targets were Neptune Trojans. The probe's trajectory to Pluto passed near Neptune, trailing Lorange Point L5, which may host hundreds of bodies and a one-to-one resonance. In late 2013, the New Horizons spacecraft passed within 1.2 AUs of the high-inclination L5 Neptune Trojan 2011 HM-102, which was identified shortly before by the New Horizons KBO search survey team while searching for more distant objects for the New Horizons to fly by after its 2015 Pluto encounter. At that range, 2011 HM-102 would have been bright enough to be detectable by New Horizons' LORI instruments. However, the New Horizons team eventually decided that they would not target 2011 HM-102 for observations because the preparations for the Pluto approach took precedence. Images of the observations of Pluto and Charon. Images from July 1st to July 3rd, 2013 by the LORI 
were the first probe to resolve Pluto and Charon as separate objects. On July 14, 2014, mission controllers performed a Sixth Trajectory Correction Maneuver, or TCM, since its launch to enable the spacecraft to reach Pluto. Between July 19, 20, 19th and 24th, 2014, New Horizons Lori snapped 12 inches, 12 images of Charon revolving around Pluto, covering almost one full rotation at a distance ranging from about 429 million kilometers or 267 million miles. In August 2014, astronomers made high-precision measurements of Pluto's location and orbit around the Sun using the Atacama Large Millimeter Submillimeter Array to help NASA's New Horizons spacecraft accurately home in on Pluto. On December 6, 2014, mission controllers sent a signal for the craft to wake up from its final Pluto Pluto approach hibernation and begin regular operations. The craft's response that it was awake arrived to Earth at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Distant encounter operations at Pluto began on January 4, 2015. At this date, images of the targets with the onboard LORI image Imager plus Ralph telescope would only be a few pixels in width. Investigators began taking Pluto and background starfield images to assist mission navigators in the design of course correction engine maneuvers that would precisely modify the trajectory of the New Horizons to aim the approach. On January 15, 2015, NASA gave a brief update of the timeline of the approach and departure phases. On February 12, 2015, NASA released new images of Pluto, taken from January 25th through 31st, from the approaching probe. The New Horizons was more than 203 million kilometers or 126 million miles away from Pluto, when it began to take the photos, which showed Pluto and its largest moon, Charon. The exposure time was too short to see Pluto's smaller, much fainter moons. Investigators compiled a series of images of the moons Nix and Hydra, taken from January 27th through February 8th, 2015, beginning at the range of 200,000 200 million kilometers or 125,000 or 125 million miles. Pluto and Charon appear as a single overexposed object at the center. The right side image has been processed to remove the background star field. Yet smaller two moons, Kerberos and Styx, were seen on photos taken on April 25th. Starting on May 11th, a hazard search was performed by looking for until then unknown objects that could be a danger to the spacecraft, 
such as rings or more moons, which were possible to avoid by a course change. Also in regards to the approach phase, during January 2015, on August 21, 2012, the team announced that they would spend mission time attempting long-range observations of the Kuiper Belt object temporarily designated as VNH-0004 when the object was at a distance from New Horizons of 75 gigameters, or half an AU. The object would be too distant to resolve surface features or take spectroscopy, but it would be able to make observations that cannot be made from Earth, namely a phase curve and a search for a small moon. A second object was planned to be observed in June 2015 and a third in September after the flyby. The team hoped to observe a dozen such objects through 2018. On April 15, 2015, Pluto was imaged showing a possible polar cap. Everything was going great. Then on July 4, 2015, New Horizons experienced a software anomaly and went into safe mode, preventing the spacecraft from performing scientific observations until engineers could resolve the problem. A day later, on July 5th, NASA announced that the problem was determined to be a timing flaw in a command sequence used to prepare the spacecraft for its flyby, and the spacecraft would resume scheduled science operations on July 7th. The science observations lost because of the anomaly were judged to have no impact on the mission's main objective, and minimal impact on other objectives. The closest approach of the New Horizons spacecraft to Pluto occurred at 11.49 UTC on July 14, 2015, at a range of 7,800 miles, or 12,500 kilometers from the surface, and 8,550 miles or 13,680 kilometers from the center of Pluto. The first details of the encounter were received later in the day, but download of the complete data will take much longer. An analyst of the data is expected to take up to three years. Telemetry is confirming a successful flyby and healthy spacecraft reached by Earth reached Earth on July 15, 2015 at 05237 UTC after 22 hours of planned radio silence due to the spacecraft being pointed toward the Pluto system. Mission managers estimated a 1 in 10,000 chance that debris could have destroyed it during the flyby preventing it from sending science data to Earth. The mission's science objectives are grouped in three distinct priorities. The primary objective are required by NASA 
and a loss of any of these objects will constitute a partial failure of the mission. While it is expected but not demanded that most of the secondary objectives will be met, the tertiary objects are desired. These objects may be attempted, though they may be skipped in favor of the above objectives. An objective to measure any magnetic field of Pluto was dropped. A magnetometer instrument could not be implemented within a reasonable mass budget and schedule. And the Swap and Pepsi instruments could do an indirect job detecting some magnetic field around Pluto. The primary objectives, remember, these are the ones that were required for NASA to deem it a success, was one, characterize the global geology and morphology of Pluto and Charon. Two, map the chemical composition of Pluto and Charon surfaces. Three, characterize the neutral, non-ionized atmosphere of Pluto and its escape rate. Then we have the secondary objectives. These are the ones that are expected to be completed, but if they, some of them are not, it is not considered a mission failure. One, characterize the time variability of Pluto's surface and atmosphere. Two, image select Pluto and Charon areas in stereo. Three, map the terminators day-night borders of Pluto and Charon with high resolution. Four, map the chemical compositions of select Pluto and Charon areas with high resolution. Five, characterize Pluto's ionosphere, upper layer of the atmosphere, and its interaction with the solar wind. Six, Search for neutral species such as molecular hydrogen, hydrocarbons, hydrogen cyanide, and other nitriles in the atmosphere. 7. Search for any Charon atmosphere. 8. Determine boleometric bond albedos for Pluto and Charon. 9. Map surface temperatures of Pluto and Charon. And 10. Map any additional surfaces of outermost moons, such as Nix, Hydra, Kerberos, and Styx. Finally, the tertiary objects, if we can get to them, characterize the energetic particle movements at Pluto and Charon. Two, refine bulk parameters, radii, masses, and orbits of Pluto and Charon. And three, search for additional moons and rings. The New Horizons was intended to pass within 12,500 kilometers or 7,800 miles of Pluto with its closest approach on July 14, 2015 at 1150 UTC. New Horizons had a relative velocity of 14 kilometers per second, 50,000 kilometers per hour, or 31 miles per hour at its closest approach and came to as close as 28,800 kilometers or 18,000 miles to Sharon. 
starting three days before the closest approach. The long-range imaging included the mapping of Pluto and Charon to 40 kilometers or 25 miles resolution. This is half the rotation period of the Pluto-Charon system and allowed imaging of all sides of both bodies. Coverage will be repeated twice per day to search for changes due to snows or cryovolcanism. Because of Pluto's tilt, a portion of the northern hemisphere will be in shadow at all times. During the flyby, Lori should be able to obtain select images with a resolution as high as 50 meters per pixel, if the closest distance is still at 12,500 kilometers. And the MVIC instrument should obtain four-color global dayside maps at 1.6 kilometer resolution. LORI and MVIC will attempt to overlap their respective coverage areas to form a stereo pair. LISA will attain hyperspectral near-infrared maps at 7 kilometers globally and 0.06 kilometers for selected areas. Meanwhile, ALICE will characterize the atmosphere both by emission of atmospheric molecules, or air glow, and the dimming of background stars as they pass behind Pluto. Your journey is now ending. You are now leaving the Sapphire Planet. Goodbye from the Sapphire Planet. Own a piece of the planet. Now you can purchase Sapphire Planet merchandise online at sapphireplanet.com.